The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey Rockheads, take your hands off the iPod wheel and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 515 with guest Stephen Walter, recorded live Monday, December 14, 2009. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering SharePoint 2007 video training with Sahil Malik on DVD, the NRTV style. Order your copy now at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Telerik, combining the best in Windows forms, WPF, Silverlight, and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. And now... The man who buys his Starbucks coffee with frequent flyer miles, Carl Franklin. Thank you very much. Carl Franklin here. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. Richard will be here in just a minute. Short and sweet today. Let's just get to the interview. Our guest today is Stephen Walther. Stephen is a senior program manager on the ASP.NET Ajax team. He's written several best-selling books on ASP.NET, including ASP.NET Unleashed and ASP.NET MVC Framework Unleashed. Uh, he also frequently speaks at conferences such as the Microsoft PDC, TechEd, Mix, and ASP.NET Connections. His blog is located at stephenwalther.com. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, thank you. And it's Stephen with a PH. That's right. Yeah. He's a Stefan. Are you Stefan? Don't, please, no, no, no Stefans, please. There'll be no Stefan. Stefan Wolf, Unleashed. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to admit, this is the first time you've been on the show, isn't it? That's yeah. right, yeah. That's shameful. That's just not right. Shameful, it, it is shameful, it's not right. Yeah, how many years have you been doing this show? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> when this is published, I guess, what? Seven. Seven? Seven Eight? years. Oh, man. Come on, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, try- I'm feeling bad. It's because I've read your books for starters. So, you know, I'm just trying to say something nice here because, yeah, it was, it was oh, a great, the ASP.NET Unleashed is a great book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And you weren't always, you didn't always work for Microsoft, though, did you? Did you? That's right. No, the, the, uh, the Microsoft thing's a, a pretty recent thing. I, I joined Microsoft about almost exactly a year and a half ago. Okay. Uh, originally, I, I joined on the community side, so I was doing community work around ASP.NET MVC. But as of about six months ago, I switched over to being a uh, feature PM on the ASP.NET team. That's cool. So, I mean, you're literally going from back into writing, making the product. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. 
it's been very different. Well, it's been a long time since we've talked about the ASP.NET Ajax library on the show. And yeah. my recollections of it from, from a long time ago, uh, from that show, were I think that we had the update panel. And I'm not sure if we had anything else. It's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> that was a while ago. No, we've always had more than the update panel, but I think I think a lot of our story for uh, at least around web forms developers concentrated on the update panel because the update panel is such a nice solution for an existing ASP.NET application. Yeah. But we've uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff since then around client side stuff as well as the server side stuff. Right, and now we're up to 4.0, which is right. got all sorts of lovely goodness in there. Let's start with the update panel because sure. that that is really the easiest way to ajaxify your existing site. But yeah. what's the what's the downside to it? First of all, tell us how it works and then we'll talk about the 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 pros and cons. Yeah, so so the beautiful thing about the update panel is number 1, you don't need to know any JavaScript. Uh, number two, you don't have to change anything about your existing application at all. You can take an ASP.NET application written, you know, pretending that AJAX never happened, and then you can stick an update panel around existing controls in a web form page, and then what it will do is the update panel will hijack um, buttons that cause a normal post back and instead do a sneaky post back so that you don't, you get all the, you know, good user experience that Ajax gives you, so you don't you're not constantly posting the page back and and going through the wade and you know going through that bad experience without actually having to go through any of the pain of doing JavaScript. Now, yeah, when I first heard about this, my reaction was, okay, so you got rid of the the JavaScript part and the XML. Maybe we should just call this A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, so, it's asynchronous. I mean, some people have called the the update panel pattern uh, a jaw. Because asynchronous JavaScript and HTML, because what you're really doing in the case of an update panel is you're grabbing a fragment of HTML right. and doing a sneaky post back, and you're still, you know, you're still executing the page in the background and generating the content. Well, and I remember Dino Esposito talking to us about exactly this issue, saying just be conscious of the fact that you're still actually doing the rendering on the server, but it's right. just a fraction yep. of the page, and then hauling that back. Yep. So do we run into issues with view state or um you know session variables being reused or what are what are the, some of the the gotchas? Yeah, so I mean update panel is great if you if you don't want to learn javascript, if you don't want to mess with client side code, if you don't want to change the architecture of your application, it's a great solution. The downside of using something like the update panel as you are, you know, you're going through as 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 Richard just mentioned, you're going through the whole you know page execution lifecycle on the server side, and the other the other sort of downside is you're shipping a lot of stuff across the wire that you don't necessarily want to ship back and forth each time, like view state and all that HTML. I mean, let's say that you want to show, let's say that you want to page through you know a, a, an HTML table. You're showing a list of products. You want to click on the next page. If you're doing that with an update panel, that means every time you click on a new page number, you're going to have to, you know, submit all that view state back to the server again. It's going to have to generate not only the data you want to show, but all the opening and closing TR and TD tags. Hmm. All that stuff has to be pushed back across the wire again. And so you're not, you know, you're getting, you're getting a, uh, you're getting less content than doing a full post back. But you're still, you know, doing a significant amount of work on the server and still pushing a lot of stuff over on the client through the wires. Yeah. And so if you do want to 
if you do want to get your hands dirty, what are you looking at using the Ajax? <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is where the Ajax library stuff comes in. Because what, so what we've been concentrating on is we want to make sure that we have a really great client side story for developers as well. They can use in either, you know, web forms or NBC so that instead of, instead of having to do the full kind of, you know, um, sneaky postback experience, what you can do instead is just ship JSON over the wire, just the raw data itself, no extra stuff, so that you can pull that stuff in and, you know, create really uh, performant websites. So it's Aja. It's Aja. <laughs> yeah, Aja. Isn't that yeah, an yeah. album so, by Steely Dan? <laughs> 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 but you know it's interesting you mentioned json in that scenario too because uh, you know these are all the problems that ajax has had over its lifespan here so far where we're just trying to find ways it was all about lightening the load in the first place and yeah. and json seems to come out lighter than xml oh yeah no question i mean th- yeah i mean json is about as small as you can get it's a beautiful format you can't i mean it's you know, just more or less just javascript arrays and javascript object literals mm. So, I mean, it's really, really compact. Now, you've used a couple of different terms here as we're going along here about the, the Ajax library. There's also the yeah. Ajax control toolkit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, uh, so one problem we've had in the past is we keep throwing different libraries, um, at, at our developers and yeah. we're confusing them. So we've been trying to simplify the world, um, for developers. So right now we have three major Ajax libraries that we recommend to developers. We, web forms developers have traditionally used our Ajax control toolkit, which is, has traditionally been super server centric. So, you know, it works great from drag and drop from the toolbox, has 40 controls that you can use. It's been always been a codeplex project, um, works great in web forms. So that was one option. The other thing that we've, um, that we've been promoting, especially over the last year is jQuery. We've been, uh, especially MVC developers love jQuery. So we've included that into our, you know, our products is shipping with Visual Studio and both web forms and MVC. We put it up on the, our content delivery network. Um, and we've been doing a lot of work around jQuery. And then finally, we've had this, this thing that's been in beta for a while. Um, this thing that we've called a variously, you know, Microsoft Ajax or ASP.NET Ajax, which is a pure client side, um, data access framework for working with Ajax. So that has client controls and client templates. And the problem with these different approaches is, you know, we're, we were confusing developers because there's just too many different options to select from. So what we've been concentrating on doing over the last six months is rationalizing these different approaches into a single Ajax library. So regardless of whether you're a web forms developer or an MVC developer, or regardless of whether, you know, you want to work with JavaScript directly or not, you just have this one download that you can go and get and use. Yeah. This is something that Carl has certainly talked about, that you, it's like you can't figure out what a standard dev machine is supposed to look like. Well, just more <laughs> yeah. choices means more research required before you actually get, get up and running. But um, and the, yeah, Choices uh, work. <laughs> People don't like choice. It is, yeah, yeah. The, uh, and, and jQuery, is, of course, yeah. is something you mentioned. Yeah. jQuery, we like jQuery a lot. I mean, if you're going to do any kind of XML stuff in Ajax, jQuery just simplifies it so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people love jQuery. I mean, we so what what originally triggered our interest in jQuery was especially among MVC developers. They were we we noticed that, you know, a lot of MVC developers were using jQuery heavily in their websites and then uh and so we decided to include jQuery as just a standard part of of MVC. 
And so one of the things we've been doing with our AJAX library is we don't want to duplicate what jQuery does so well. jQuery is just a great language to use. It has a great selector syntax. Mm-hmm. It's really great at grabbing DOM elements out and then allowing you to manipulate them. So what we've wanted to do with the AJAX library is allow jQuery developers to continue to you know, write jQuery in the standard way, but then expose all of our stuff out as jQuery plugins. So if a jQuery developer wants to use our calendar control or data view control, they can just think of those controls as plugins and you know continue to program in exactly the same way as they've always programmed. So is jQuery part of the the ASP.NET AJAX library then? Yeah, we we consider it a standard part a standard part of the a standard library within the overall AJAX library. One of the other things we've spent a lot of time on over the last six months is introducing a new client script loader into our AJAX library. And the whole point of the script loader is to allow you to move from a pay-up-front model to a pay-as-you-go model so that instead of having to download one monolithic AJAX library, you can just load the components that you need. And jQuery can be loaded just like any other component of ASP.NET AJAX. And so as soon as you need to do things like use serialization or, or you know, use the selectors or whatever, then you can just go ahead and say, hey, I, need, I require jQuery, you know, load it up asynchronously in the background. Hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. So the control suite, and this is still part yeah. of the ASP.NET website. This is now the AJAX control toolkit. These are sort of regular controls as well as they can be used with jQuery? Exactly. Yeah. So so previously, I mean, you could the only way you could use the AJAX control toolkit controls was in a web forms application. Because, you know, if you wanted to use something like even something as simple as a watermark control, you had to add six scripts and they had to be added in the right order and uh and requiring, you know, an MVC developer to to know all the necessary scripts was just it was it was an insane requirement. So that's why we, we spent time building the uh, client script loader because it just knows. So it knows that a watermark control needs these seven scripts and that they, the seven scripts need to be executed in this particular order and it can load them all up in parallel and then execute them in the right order. And then you can, you know, use this stuff in a MVC application now or even a pure HTML application or, you know, if you're confused and crazy, you could use, say, a PHP application. It works great in that, too. It, it just, <laughs> it, it's just, you know. Say you went completely code. nuts. Completely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> just for the sake of argument. Say you've lost it. You're going to work in PHP. You could still use our controls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so you can use almost all of the AJAX control toolkit controls now from from client code, um, and you can, there are almost all of them are exposed through jQuery. Um, there are some of them we we couldn't figure out how to make pure client like the uh, update panel animation AJAX control toolkit control. We just couldn't figure out how to make that a pure client control. So I have to say almost, but you know, we got like thirty six out of the forty. Well, I'm, I'm recognizing an update panel fundamentally is this server side control. I can see why that yeah. might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there seems to be two competing development methodologies here. Maybe there's more than two, actually. Just in just in this side here, because these controls, yeah. I can use these in my sort of typical web format too, right? Like it makes no difference. I do I can build this however I want to build it? Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm not sure what you're saying, but I'm, I'm agreeing with it anyway. <laughs> Wait. So so you're saying that you're that regardless of of your server side architecture, you can use this stuff. Or you're saying something different? 
Well, and sort of, I'm just going through the different development methodologies here, right? So sort of classic yeah. web forms development, mm. we were able to add Ajax into it. And that's how we ended up, you know, doing a lot of update panel. We can go down this path oh, right. as well. Uh, I guess my real question here is I can use these controls writing JavaScript myself, working with jQuery or not. I can use them in this sort of drag and drop mode we've always done. Oh, right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, because there's still, you know, it, it used to be like two or three years ago. I mean, there are a lot of web form developers who just did not want to touch JavaScript. Yeah, they just yep. wanted to True. have the controls in the toolbox and drag them out, and and you know you'd say JavaScript, and and it was a scary word. Yeah, but now um, we have IntelliSense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and and also I think people have gotten more respect for JavaScript. JavaScript had to build up, you know, a certain level of respect over the years, and I think it's successfully has done that. So now, you know, developers feel like JavaScript is a real language now, and they're comfortable. You know, working in it, and and as you point out, I mean, our, our tooling has improved a lot. Also, the last I few think years. I think Stephen that uh, a lot of the pain of JavaScript came um, at a time when both uh, bandwidth was restricted, just in terms of conventional bandwidth that we had out there, and also yeah. the machines just were on the client side. Uh, not able to in the browsers, not able to chew through a lot of JavaScript. So things that were JavaScript heavy tended to be really slow. So I yeah. think that's just old pain, and like we've said on the show a million times, you know, you got to get over that. Right, it's, it's a yeah, different yeah, world absolutely. today. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, JavaScript is so much faster, so much better at memory management now than even a couple years ago. Yeah. That it's much more respectable. Well, and you bring up a great issue, Carl, with the size thing because even the AJAX library, it's not that small, right? right. Like, What's the footprint of the Ajax library these days? Well, so that's the nice thing because we have it. We have the one script loader in a file called start.js, right? And that file is, I mean, it's extremely small. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but because all it has is the code for loading other scripts in it, and so the idea is that you start, you can start with this little teeny, you know, kernel, and then you can download the other stuff that you need, um, depending on whether you require it or not. So instead of having, I mean, one one issue that we've had in the past is we had one big Microsoft Ajax.js file. I mean, I'm saying big; it really wasn't that big, but it was you know one file that had everything in it. And the nice right. thing about switching over to a client script loader model is you can be intelligent about you know what what functionality you actually need. And, and I do think that decomposing it into pieces, which created complexity in exchange for speed, yep. also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people just simply have more bandwidth these days. Like they're just not yeah. as bandwidth yeah. sensitive as they used to be. And also, be. just the the speed of the average machine has gone way up since those days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when actual we used to to compete in the magazines over JavaScript computational performance? Mm. When's the last time anybody wow. thought about that? <laughs> the stuff I've seen in JavaScript lately, with all the crazy graphics and yeah. stuff, it's just amazing. I wouldn't want yeah. to write it, but <laughs> <laughs> I also wonder how much jQuery simply made JavaScript bearable. <laughs> well, yeah. so so seriously, when's the last time that you've like you know sat down and built a JavaScript heavy application? I was poking around in one this weekend and enjoying yeah. jQuery for exactly that reason. It's most yeah. the biggest pain ever, yeah. always in JavaScript was getting the stuff out of the DOM. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and jQuery is just, you know, fantastic at that. That problem just goes away. Yep, goes away. Yep. 
Yeah. So I guess one of the angles on this, and I I hear this question a fair bit, maybe you do as well, is I I think people want to believe there's one right way to build web apps. Uh-huh. And and certainly the folks who are in love with jQuery are saying this is the emerging way. This is the one right way. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know again I, from what I find at conferences, people are just you know they just love jQuery for good reason. I mean, it's just would they when it was initially designed when John Resig was coming up with the ideas behind jQuery. I mean, he just did everything right. He took a familiar selector syntax that everyone knew from CSS. He kept it extremely lightweight. He made it extremely extensible. And, you know, that combination of factors has just made jQuery super successful. So, I mean, what we're trying to do is we're definitely, you know, not trying to duplicate any of that because, you know, we think that's the right way to go. What we're trying to do is we think jQuery is really great at, at its selector syntax and at its, you know, at, at its ecosystem of plugins. What we want to do is we want to concentrate on areas where we don't think jQuery is very strong. Um, for example, data access. So we've we've been expending a lot of energy around making sure you can have client templates that work with what used to be called ADO.NET data services and now has been renamed to WCF data services. We want to make sure that you can do build a complete data access site within the browser if you want to, if you want to get that kind of performance. You've even got data binding now, right? That's right, yeah. So we have, yeah, we have two-way data binding. We have... You know, and and you, we have full templates that execute um, within the browser. So, you know, our strategy with jQuery is, you know, we want J, we want jQuery developers not to have to change their programming model, and we want to, you know, their style of programming, and we want to enhance jQuery so that you can take advantage of what we think we do really well, um, the data access stuff in the client. Um, one other angle on this with uh, the AJAX library is CodePlex Foundation. Yeah. Is, aren't you like the leader of the original project that's gone into the Coplex Foundation? That's right. Yeah, we we were the founding project in the uh, Coplex Foundation. Well, we and you first... specifically, I think you're the name listed on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm the project contact on it. Yeah, so so we blame you. <laughs> Foundation for everyone always confuses it with the Coplex website, right? Which is you no know, Coplex website is. Our, uh, I don't know, our, our source repository or source, uh, or source control system for open source projects. And then the CodePlex Foundation is our foundation for accepting open source projects and allowing Microsoft to participate more fully in the open source community. Um, what that means is that we're, you know, we're, we're taking very seriously the idea of open source and we want to drive in the future the development of ASP.NET AJAX as an open source project as much as possible. Let's get back to um, four, uh, version four, the, the up and coming version. Let's, um, I mean, I, I really like all the, the data binding, the live binding stuff where, you know, the changes to the data and the UI can be made sort of simultaneously. What else, what, what else is in there? What other kind of goodies? Well, so our, our big drive up to the PDC was to merge the AJAX control toolkit and the ASP.NET AJAX library into a single library. So we, you know, that was all, it, it took a lot of work to get all the AJAX control toolkit controls hmm. to work in client-side scenarios. 
Um, <laughs> it was a major. There are a lot of people that went without sleep for weeks and weeks to make that happen. And so we we got to the point where we were able to combine those two things together, and we launched a new project at ajax.codeplex.com that now just has the combined Ajax Control Toolkit and the Ajax Library. And so what we're what we're working on now is we're trying to figure out um, how to you know simplify even more. The, the experience of using the AJAX control toolkit controls on the client side. And we're also looking at, um, at improvements we can make to our data access framework. Um, the other big part of this right now is we're also trying to figure out how to, you know, how to actually have a successful open source, um, how to build a successful open source ecosystem around the AJAX library. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik, who bring you the new TFS Work Item Manager, and TFS Project Dashboard. So if you're spending a lot of time on organizing the cluttered pile of work items in TFS, get ready for a fresh and intuitive experience. The guys at Telerik just launched the TFS Work Item Manager and Project Dashboard, a couple of free tools designed to make working with Team Foundation Server faster and easier. Unlike the standard TFS Explorer, the Work Item Manager lets you take advantage of powerful capabilities like filtering, as you type search, grouping and aggregation, and iteration scheduling. You can even see all the work items in a Scrum dashboard view, as if watching the whiteboard in your own room. Project Dashboard is a unique tool for visualizing TFS data. Useful for both developers and project managers, it helps you keep track of the latest TFS project activity, like current iteration progress, build history, recent check-ins, assigned tasks and bug history, and to understand the health of the project as a whole. The TFS tools are brought to you by Telerik and Imaginet, the experts in application lifecycle management. Built with RAD controls for WPF, they're both amazingly flexible and responsive. Go to Telerik.com and download the TFS tools for free. And hey, don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks. Of course, the implication of an open source library is that you're going to take contributions from outside of Microsoft. Because, I mean, up till now, this thing's been yeah. built by Microsoft, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, you know, kind of new territory for Microsoft. So we're, we're exploring, you know, <laughs> each step where we're exploring very carefully, but yeah, that's definitely the goal is to, uh, so we, we were kind of the founding project into it. And then uh, another project that's in the CodePlex Foundation is the Orchard Project, right? And they're, they're also looking at the same kinds of issues about how to take um, open source contributions. So um, I don't know, have you had Brad on your show? Recently, Bradley. Not Bowman. yet. No. Coming up. Coming up. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Okay, very good. So, so yeah. So we're both uh, exploring, you know, the best ways to actually get community contribution and how to, you know, successfully uh, build up an open source project. So the the latest beta as of this recording is the November seventeenth. So that's right. Yeah. So that that came out during the PDC. Um, so it's the. So I, I should explain that. So the ASP.NET AJAX library is out of band. So it's being you know shipped separately from Visual Studio and from ASP.NET 4. So there is a version of the ASP.NET library in ASP.NET 4, but it doesn't include any of the client templates or you know any of the client controls. It's just limited to um, a, a, you know a small update to the previous ASP.NET AJAX library. So the stuff that I've been talking about is all part of the AJAX.CodePlex.com project. Yeah, let, let's get back to the whole the client side data story, uh, data access story, and talk about. I mean, we can use RIA services, we can use REST, we can do all that stuff ourselves, and let, let's just let's get into some of the the great features there. Sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, one of the things we want to be really strong at is we want we want to allow you to build a data, you know, a, a sort of a database-driven website entirely in the browser, and we want it to be as easy to do in JavaScript, in pure JavaScript, as it would be in writing server-side code. So, you know, we wanted the concept, we wanted something similar to, like in server-side code, you have a repeater control, you have a list view control, um, you have a form view control, you have those traditional server-side web forms controls. Um, but we didn't, on the client side, we also have one control right now, a data view control that works kind of like both, uh, you know, a list view and a form view. It either shows, you know, one record at a time or it can show a collection of, of records. But the way it works is it just calls back to back-end services. And uh, it doesn't care what kind of service it's talking to as long as it returns JSON. Um, mm-hmm. It can go ahead and call it and grab the data out. And then you can create a template and actually, you know, display the data that you're pulling back from the server in the template. Now, one nice thing about it is it's not only, it's not read-only, it's also read-write. So you mm-hmm. can also use this to, you know, create a form on the client. Again, just, you know, with pure JavaScript and and have it update make changes back to the database when you update records. Okay. Is there any kind of, uh, are there kind of some nice tools for managing state on the client side? Like de- you dealing with the back button and all that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we do have a, a history API built into ASP.NET Ajax, but one of the nice things, so what, one of the, uh, one of the challenges of doing client-side development is synchronizing stuff on both the client and the server. Yeah. And, you know, that's that actually when you're traditionally, when you're, you're working with web forms applications and you're doing a lot of client-side stuff, you end up doing a lot of stuff like creating hidden form fields to be able to pass information back and forth to keep the client and the server right. um, synchronized. One of the nice things about taking a more pure client-side approach is, you know, you, the, the whole, you know, the ideal here is that you can download a page once Right. And have that single page kind of application, and then your state problems go away because you know it's not like you're constantly doing a post back. I mean, you know the state's there; it's just sitting there in your JavaScript, so you don't have to keep synchronizing through view state or through some other mechanism. Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's what that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> right. So how does this um, how does this live data binding work? So yeah, so we we have something we we have uh, support for two way data binding. Um, it's kind of easier to to demo than is to than it is to explain. But mm-hmm. the idea is that we have a uh, we have a data context. It's a client side data context. So you've probably worked with you know like the entity framework data context or the link to SQL data context. Have you worked with those things? You know that they're they're used to track track identity and to do change management so they can detect when, you know, when data items become dirty. Right. So that way it knows, you know, how to update things. And so we have a pure client-side implementation of that. And the way it works is when you have, when you're using two-way data binding, um, once you've made a change in a data item, that change can be reflected everywhere on a page that that data item appears. So if you have like a form and you change the value of something, you know, like the price of something, then the price will be automatically updated wherever the price appears because, you know, it's, it's what it's doing is it's reflecting the underlying value of the data item. I guess it just works is the answer. <laughs> yeah, it, it works. Yeah, it works, in a, it works in the way that you expect and that you would want. Yeah. 
And, and the other nice thing about that is it means that you can do something like you can pull, you know, a set of a hundred products down, and you can go through and you can, you know, edit, edit, edit. You can make a bunch of changes to the product fields, and each time you do an edit, it's not going to update the server, but then you hit like a, a button that says, "Okay, I'm I'm done." You know, save my changes, and because the data context is doing all the um, all the change tracking. It knows which records are dirty. It can batch up all the changes in one in one post, and then it can post all those changes back to the server and update the database without being chatty about it. This might be a dirty word for an Ajax guy, but that sounds very much like the way Silverlight does things. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say the S word? Did that that, that was that no, me? No, I'm can sorry. Say the S word. No, no. So. So yeah, I mean, we're so there's you know obviously there's similarities here because we're both um, client side technologies. So we're using uh, we're we're you know using the same types of backend services as Silverlight is. Yeah, it's just an interesting idea to have that you could. I don't know that anybody has build an app with the same backend services that uses both an Ajax front end and a Silverlight front end because it it literally oh, yeah. to me it sounded like exactly a description of how to do this with Silverlight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're exposing, so it used to be called um, ADO.NET Data Services. Now it's WCF right. Data Services. Uh, if you just expose your data out using WCF Data Services, then you know you can consume it in exactly the same way, regardless of what you know whether you're using Silverlight or AJAX or or whatever. I mean, you know, the endpoints are the same, so um, it's just as easy either way. And don't we all really just behind the the closed doors refer to it as a story? Still. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm still I'm still trying to get used to calling it WCF data services. Yeah. So yeah, and, and actually technically now it's you know all O data. So we're supposed to be referring to right. it as O data because that's the uh, the standards based description of it. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, it means that we'll probably have to update our classes in the AJAX library to, you know, refer, because there used to be like, we have an ADO.NET data context, so um, we're going to have to update it to probably like OData or WCF or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just, you know, talk about search-resistant naming. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't think uh, we we do a fantastic job around the naming area. All right. Um, I recently saw this announcement, and maybe you can fill a little more into it. Does Microsoft now own a, a content distribution network? We we do. We have our own CDN. Yeah. So so I, have you have you worked with a CDN before? I have. I've worked with a number of them. Um, they all make me cry. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sad to hear that. Why, why do they make you cry? Well, you know, when when you deal, of course, Akamai is the original, right? Uh huh. Sure. And I've never met anybody who gave you a nicer handshake for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So, so the nice thing is, you like this. It's free, right? And we well, don't that, even so the price we good. don't force you. The Microsoft one, the content, the Microsoft AJAX Content Delivery Network is its official name, and it's free. We don't require you to register. You could be anyone. You could be using our, you know, service for anything. Uh, you know, I, actually, there's a terms of use, but you know, anything reasonable. Um, and uh, and all we we care about is we're trying to, you know, we we want to make it easier for ASP.NET developers to take advantage of, you know, JavaScript stuff. So we we put this out here out there. Um, we launched it about what three months ago now, and we have up on the CDN. Of course, we have the ASP.NET AJAX library, but we also have jQuery and we have uh, jQuery Validate up there as well. And so that means that if you want to use jQuery, 
and you don't want to download jQuery and install it on your server, um, all you have to do is you go to ajax.microsoft.com forward slash ajax jQuery jQuery 3.2.1.js, and there you go. So if you're able to memorize that, then you've now I've given you all the information you need to add a script. I believe it's 1.3.2.min. Oh, JS. man. Right. <laughs> you got to get it right, man. <laughs> You're right. You, you are right. Okay. No, no. I mean, so, but basically, we just got to clarify that this isn't a CDN for you to use like a CDN. This is to support the Ajax library so you don't have to download them and include them everywhere. They're always there. Is that right? Yeah, they're always there. And, and the, the big, so there's two big advantages to using a CDN. I mean, one thing is just convenience. Yeah. As you're talking about, it's just there so you can download it. The other thing is, you know, we have thousands of servers distributed around the world that's right. caching this stuff everywhere. And that means that, you know, normally if you go off to a website and they're using jQuery, you have to download it for that website. And then right. if you go to another website and they're also using the exact same version of jQuery, you have to download it again because a browser caches files domain relative in a domain right. relative manner. And the nice thing about CDN is, you know, since they're, as long as the two different websites refer to the same, you know, file in the CDN, you don't have to download the thing again. So, uh, so you get the, you get, you know, the geocaching, but you also get just the fact that you have a common place. It means you don't have to, your users can just, you know, download the JavaScript files once and use it for all the websites that they visit. Well, and I presume that Microsoft will have marked up browser caching properly so that it will actually cache the way it's supposed to. Absolutely. We we are caching for the maximum time allowable by the HTTP standard. So nice. I think it's two years. I have to look it up. But whatever it is, it's the it's the maximum amount of time. So you don't have to uh, keep downloading it over and over again. And, you know, of course, we're compressing and doing all that kind of good stuff, too. So, so yeah. Everything you can do to release the footprint. So for all, and this is not just the one file, not just the jQuery file. It's also all the the Ajax library files, like all the stuff related to this development stack is there. Yeah, absolutely. And one nice thing is, I think I mentioned before that you only need one file to use all the Ajax library stuff. You just need that one file called start.js. Right. And then everything else just gets loaded automatically when you say you require it. So you just say, you know, sys.require jQuery, and then it will go off and fetch jQuery automatically in the background. And and does it cache those files as well? Does it cache files as well? Well, the so, I mean, obviously start.js is going to get cached because of the normal markup. But yeah. are you guys going through the process of making sure that those subsidiary files get cached as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, because those are all being served from the CDN as cached files also. Right. So, yeah. So yeah, they're they're all there. And another thing we do is we also do automatic combining. So you know, commonly, if two files are commonly requested together, we'll just make you know one file out of it so that you right. don't have to download them both. Are you using the minifier to squish them? We are. Yeah, actually, I'm glad you asked about that. So we we also have we've been um, publishing our the Microsoft AJAX minifier, which is pretty cool. So everyone can minify files. <laughs> I love the same that way name. We've been minifying. <laughs> it's a compressor. We it's have a we have kind of the boring name room where you go to and <laughs> you come up with exciting names and you walk in and and you know you walk out and you just you have a boring name. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Oh no, but I think it's a cool name actually. Is it okay. well? Yeah, yeah, Minifier is not a name it. that Microsoft invented, right? The 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 PHP guys have been doing minifying for a long time. I just yeah. love it. Minify, yeah, I mean, minify that. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, so we've been, you know, we've been using this internal tool for like years for the Ajax Control Toolkit and for the, you know, the Microsoft Ajax library stuff. And, you know, it, finally we just got around to, as of like two months ago, to saying, hey, you know, there are probably other people who want to take advantage of this. So, um, so we published it. It's it's linked to at the same place you can download the um, the Ajax library, and one of the other things that's kind of cool is so we're just we're coming out with version two of it um, in the next week or so, and the the newest version actually also does not only JavaScript minification but CSS minification, which is kind of nice, and hmm. and there's more, and it works as a MS build task, so you can just stick it into oh, you know, your project file. And every time you do a build, it will automatically minify all your JavaScript files and all your CSS files. And and for folks who don't know what a minifier actually is, what does it do to the yeah. file? Yeah. So, uh, well, this this is a super advanced minifier. But so at, at a basic level, <laughs> what a minifier does is it removes all the unnecessary white space and comments and mm-hmm. semicolons, and so that's kind of the first level of minification. But this guy, this minifier that we have, it, it does more. It, it renames all local variables, so it's you know all the variables become one letter long. It finds all the unreachable code and it removes that. Um, and yeah. it does it does a bunch of little tricks in JavaScript where you have you know it does little transformations where the code executes in an equivalent manner but takes up less space. Because, I mean, JavaScript, you're always shipping the source across the wire. So it makes right. a huge difference to try to get that source as small as possible. Now, this separate from compression. I mean, you still want to gzip compress everything. Mm. And IIS does that for you automatically, as long as you have it set up right. And you still get additional benefits from both gzipping and minifying at the same time. Yeah, they're, they're two different tactics. Right. I like the idea of the minifier just built into the build process, so you don't even think to do it. It Indeed. just happens. Yeah. Well, because most people are well, actually, I guess I shouldn't say that. I was going to say most people are lazy when they're developing, right? You you have a bunch of tasks when you're building a a real application where they're they're kinds of they're the kinds of things that you plan to do, and you might never quite get around to doing it. And if you just have it part of the build process, then you know it's it's just it becomes very natural to have it done every time you do a build. Absolutely. Here's one for you. Uh, you're the MVC go-to guy. So a- Ajax and MVC work nicely together. Yes. Is this the is this the preferred method? <laughs> yeah, I think it's so. You know, uh, again, I mean, previously it, you couldn't do things like use the Ajax control toolkit controls in MVC. It just wouldn't. You know, it was just too much work to do it. Now it's it's really easy. I mean, you can if you want a, a date picker to show up in a, in a text field. I mean, you can just go ahead and start using the Ajax Control Toolkit controls in, in an MVC application. Um, if you're showing data, I mean, my preference for showing data in a web forms or an MVC application is to use the Ajax library stuff because, you know, it, it just seems, it just feels wrong. It feels like a bad experience to me to have to post a page back every time I want to, you know, get a new page of data or filter or sort. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, the UI is the browser, right? The UI should live in the browser, right. and you should be able to make updates in the browser and just have it go back and grab the pure data and update it inside the browser. So um, the nice thing about the Ajax library is it works. So I said before, you can use it to communicate with back-end services, but one of the... 
one of the result types, the action results they can return from a MVC action is a JSON result, and we work great with that. So if you have a controller action that returns, you know, a JSON blob, uh, say a list of products, we can go ahead and consume that and create a client-side template and display that list of data. So the the two models work very well together. And it's all about just minimizing that footprint going down to the browser. Yeah, absolutely. Making sure that the browser is as responsive as possible. I mean, you want, you know, you want a you want a real application. You don't want. I mean, think how crazy it would be if you wanted to build a like a a desktop application like Microsoft Word, and every time that you did any kind of action, you'd have to run over to a, another server that might be on the other side of the world and figure out what to do and then return the data. I mean, it's just you want for UI stuff. You want it to be super snappy, super responsive. You want it to happen right there, right in front of you. Absolutely. You know, I was poking around in the Ajax control toolkit, and mm. I noticed Sea Dragons in there. Yeah, Sea <laughs> Dragon. Have you it's, played with Sea Dragon? I'm yeah. I always I never realized it was. A, is it always been an Ajax control? I always thought it was something like Silverlight. It's too smart. That was so, yeah. So there's actually the the technology is. We, we have to be very careful about this for branding reasons. But the the technology is called Sea Dragon, and then the implementation for Silverlight is the Deep Zoom stuff. So, oh, okay. So we're, yeah, so the, Deep the, Zoom is, is Silverlight, but Sea Dragon Zoom itself is, is not necessarily. The Sea Dragon is, yeah, the actual you know, way, way that both the Ajax version and the Silverlight version works. And uh, when people play with that control, they're always like saying, oh, are you sneaking Silverlight into the Ajax control? Yeah. Yeah. You know, shame on you. But no, it's, it's, pure, it's pure JavaScript, so, which is really, I, I think it's a really neat control. Because um, it means you can put like a product on a website and you can zoom in and out on it and do pans and all that kind of stuff. And it's actually, you know, a really fun control. Well, and somebody's obviously had fun with it. I'm, I, I was playing with the one that's on the, in the toolkit, which has got the little dragon symbol. And when yeah. you slide it around the screen, when it gets too close to the edge, it bounces off. <laughs> like you don't think of Ajax doing right. that sort of stuff. But that little rebound, like You're that's just gratuitous. Dragon. That's very that, cool. <laughs> That is a geek having fun. Totally. You that didn't is, need to make it bounce. That's a weekend of math problems right there. Yeah. I'm glad that, you know, we, we dumped all this money into the development so of, of the Sea Dragon technology so you could bounce the dragon. So you can bounce the dragon against the sides of his frame. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's what you guys have been doing with your time, huh? That's right. <laughs> Thousands of, you know, man hours. Yeah. So, there's some great samples in the uh, Control Toolkit page. Uh, where's that? Um, Ajax Control Toolkit samples, right? Yeah. Some of them are are really cool, like the async file upload. But uh, yeah, the demo. You know, you go to select the file, and nothing really happens. It sort of doesn't allow you to. <laughs> yeah. Upload. Well, we 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 kind of resisted the idea of having you know yeah. millions of random people uploading files onto you know yeah. onto the Microsoft website. But but there's some good ones there, like. Um, like the, uh, well, let's just start at the top. I mean, the accordion control is pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. And the password um, password strength control is neat. You yeah. Know, it tells you. Whether you put in a lame password or not. put in a lame password or not. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, there's some, I mean, you know, the masked edit controls in there, which mm-hmm. is, I, I think, you know, super great. So, I mean, it's it's kind of weird when you see websites where, 
where you type in something, you know, like a price, and only afterwards it says, hey, that should have been a number. I mean, why not just force people to type in a currency amount from the first, you know, the first place? Mm. Um, so you have that. And, I mean, there's, a, you know, there's 40 controls there. So there's a lot of different things, modal pop-ups. Um, the calendar control, I think, is super useful. I like the mutually exclusive checkbox. So you get six choices or seven choices. That's it. Yeah. So when you when you click the eighth choice, the last one that you put in there gets goes away. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, and this is all <laughs> client side technology, right? Like the, it's Ajax doing this, or it's JavaScript yeah. doing this. JavaScript. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's all so all those that we just talked about. Yeah, it can all be used from pure client side code. Yeah, nice. So, Stephen, uh, any uh, final thoughts, stuff that we should send folks to? Obviously, a lot of what we're talking about here is 4.0, so we've got a beta preview, but it's going to ship. Well, it's going to launch March 22nd. Is it going to actually ship March 22nd? So we will we will have it out on the web on yeah at the end of March. So if you wanna if you wanna track what's going on, the the most important website to go to is ajax.coplex.com. Um, the other website that you should go to. So we we started a wiki. And that's at www.asp.net forward slash Ajax library. And so that's where we're putting the documentation for, you know, the new client data access stuff. And we have the reference documentation up there and links to the CDN. Oh, if you want to find out how to use all that CDN stuff, that's on the wiki too. So there's a CDN page on the wiki that lists all the files you can use. And there's a link to download the minifier if you want to get a hold of that. So the two websites are ajax.codeplex.com and then www.asp.net forward slash Ajax library. Awesome. Well, I guess that's about it then. Uh, thanks a lot, Stephen. It's been great talking sure, to you. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to digging into this. Sounds great. Thanks. Sure. And we'll see you next time. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Plop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a 